Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Renee. Good morning, Lyle. Good morning, Renee. How are you this morning? I'm very well. You're very well. That's good to hear. <laughs> How are you? Amazing. Oh, even better. Absolutely That's amazing. That's what want to hear. Yes. <laughs> God is still on his throne. He still rules in heaven. He rules on this earth and he rules in my heart. So God is good. Mm. And we are blessed. Renee, tell me, what are you thankful for this morning? Mm, Okay. I'm very, very thankful for music and worship. Now, I say this because recently, um, especially in dorms, we can't do worship services anymore. So, you know, because, you know, with the regulations, we can't sing anymore. So I'm just very grateful that even though we can't sing as a community, I mean, I'm just grateful for music. I can listen to some music, jam out. That's a good time. Absolutely. Do you have, uh, do you have like special items under the five-person rule? Um. No, basically they just they just cut it off. Just cut it all yeah. off. Oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. So this week, if you are music starved, and Renee, this is it. This here's an idea. I can put this out for you. You should Please. come to Maitland Church this this uh, Saturday. Oh, yep. So uh, five person rule. We have uh, a whole musical worship service. Um, Rick Foray and his group are going to be presenting. It's going to be amazing. I've heard okay. these guys present before. So if you're in the Newcastle area, if you're in the, in the Lower Hunter area, yes. or if you're anywhere within a couple of hours' drive of Maitland, do come and join us. You will have to uh, sign in or or QR code into the building, all that kind of stuff. You will be separated in your seating, etc., etc. But five-person rule, five mm. people allowed to sing in a worship service, and so we're going to make the most of it and have a musical service because everybody's kind of music-starved right yeah. now, really struggling with that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Renee, what's happening with positively different news? Tell okay. us some positively different news. So, for some us. really good news is that um, Queensland police were ma- managed to save a 10 month old baby. So, basically, what happened is 10 month old Lucas, baby Lucas, was brought in by his frantic mother to Gracemere Police Station in Queensland um, because he had stopped breathing. So, in her panic at home, she brought him to the police station because he was closer than the hospital. The hospital was quite far away so she brought him to the police station um, feeling very much helpless and afraid um, well, you can only begin to imagine how terrifying mm-hmm. that would be for a parent when your baby mm-hmm. just stops breathing yeah and yep. turns blue goes limp becomes completely non-responsive mm-hmm. and you think you know and uh, apparently she just lived just like across the street and down the road a little bit from the police station. She yeah. just went rushing over there. Yeah, yeah basically. So the police um, sergeant, his name is Sergeant James, they heard something, someone at the door, some frantic noise, and they went to check it out. And immediately they, were, they saw her with baby Lucas and they saw that he was unresponsive, blue. He was not responding, not breathing. And so it was just amazing for everyone to just immediately click into place, um, just do their like do what they needed to do to save save the poor baby and although it was very stressful um it was very rewarding to see and very satisfying to see that you know the the cpr their what they did managed to bring baby lucas back to back to life this would be kind of special for uh for the police because i don't know about you but i've done cpr training a few times mm. but i've never used it Neither. Have you ever done CPR? I've done many times and I've never used it either. Okay, so we, we, we all kind of learn this kind of thing, you know, from time to time and we get a bit of a, uh, 
a brush up on it, you know, a bit of a catch up, mm. uh, which is a good thing. We all should know CPR. But, you know, for the police, you know, for us, you might go, it's, it's usual that you'll go through a lifetime and never use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the police, this is kind of something they use a fair bit. They get, uh, that's what they get, like, you know, they get called to many houses. Most times Drug overdoses. they have to do CPR on people because of overdose, like not not common on babies. No. So, yeah, this was this could drug be- overdoses and uh, and you know and car accidents, those kind of traumatic injuries would yes. be pretty much where they'd be doing CPR. Yeah, something that's not uncommon for them. Um, but this would be super rewarding for a uh, little baby to come come in yeah. and uh, see the colour starting to come back and yeah. the breathing starting to happen again. Yeah, and and this um this sergeant actually says that this is the first time that someone has been revived by him uh, through CPR. So. You know, that's that's always good to hear. Um, they took baby Lucas to the hospital and he's been in hospital for three weeks. Um, and since then, he's been diagnosed with a congenial hyperthyroidism, which is a very rare condition. It just means that he wasn't born with a thyroid. Yikes. So, yeah, poor baby. But Oh, <laughs> wow. So that he must have to take like, um, I guess... Thyroid deals with hormones and stuff, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the condition has caused a lot of loss of muscle around his throat, which is what caused him to stop breathing that morning. So, you know, after three weeks in hospital, he's been back. He's been able to meet his heroes, and mum is mum and dad are very happy that he's doing okay, and so are the police officers. So, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They they should all they should make the uh, the whole police station his uh, godparents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be very. So you'll good. be you'll be this baby's godparents. They saved his life. Just, yeah. She Share it around between you, yourselves. Yeah. So, more on good news. Mm-hmm. Um, 2020 delivers the relief farmers have been looking for. I love this. So, basically, a dramatic recovery from drought across New South Wales is giving many farmers the opportunity to plan ahead for future um, dry spells. So, there's been regular rain throughout 2020, which has transformed the drought-stricken uh, land in New South Wales. It's pretty exciting. Yes. You know, I remember travelling out west this time last year and mm. it feels like this time last year feels like a lifetime ago it does. there's so much that has happened where are we we're mid-october so this time last year okay massive drought like i'd never ever seen yeah. ever in my life before gum trees dying it, and they're supposed to be like <laughs> and bushfires every can you believe it's it's just been 12 months yeah. bushfires everywhere like mm-hmm. thick smoke remember that we had months and months of yes. like Hardly being able to breathe. Yes. I remember driving on the highway and then my aircon just like filling up with smoke and I was like, where is the fire? And can I run away? Like, And checking the app every day. Yes. And sometimes multiple times during yeah. the day just to see where the fires were and whether there was anything close. And they were close by. most. Yeah. Yeah, like, we had one two kilometres from our house. That's exactly. Plenty close enough. Yeah. It was kind of fun watching the uh, fire bombers coming in <laughs> across the top of our roof. Um yeah, it's just – there has been so much that has happened in the last 12 months. That feels like a lifetime ago. Yes. Normally it would feel like, yeah, that was just last year. No, this feels no. like a lifetime ago. Yes. So, you know, I, it's so good to have, uh, like, dams filled, boosted soy moist, uh, soil moisture, grown pastures for the livestock. So it's just like farmers are just uh, – they've gone through a lot, especially they've lost a lot because of the bushfires. So um, many are planning for their first winter harvest in years, in three years, actually. Um, 
basically in February, 99% of the state was affected by dry conditions, but now three quarters is no longer in drought or is recovering. So there's still parts in the far southeast and northeast are still classified as being in drought, but it's good we're making progress um, and just we thank God for the rain. That's been indeed, very indeed. Yeah. And uh, the world just looks a better place when it's green. Yeah. Green is just a better colour than brown. Yes, because, uh, yeah, there was, there was quite a few dust storms um, in many of those farms. For, yeah. And so, you know, it's quite depressing if you don't see much green on your land and you're just like, man, this is... Super depressing. Yeah. Australia is interesting because Australia has a different hue of green than the rest of the world. Yes. Um, is that light green are you talking about? The, like the eucalypts? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a bit of a... It's a subdued green. Okay, yeah. Uh, rather than the bright green that we have uh, <laughs> in many other places. Yes. Anyway, good to see the green coming back. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have a, uh, a few stories here that we need to cover. Um, all right, so Adamstown Oval. Okay. Um, they have just closed Adamstown Oval. Which means that the world's Premier League, sorry, the women's Premier League, League soccer grand final, which was supposed to happen this Sunday, has had to be moved. Oh. Now sad. you might be wondering why am I talking about this? Well, yes. this is interesting. Okay, so why is it? Why has the oval been closed? It will be closed anywhere from four to five months. That's a long time. Okay. So very, very significant inconvenience to the community and cost to the community. Mm. It's going to be closed for an extensive period of time. And you might ask the question, why? Well, the answer is that a plover has decided to lay some eggs in the middle of it. Are they really going to close it down for a plover? Absolutely. It is closed and it will remain closed until those juveniles fly away. It, for like for, for real? a plover. Okay, so, 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 so let's put this in a little bit of perspective. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up in the bush, and if a plover, plover laid their eggs in the middle of the oval, we would um, just sort of throw the eggs away and wish the plovers would go someplace else because mm-hmm. we didn't like them dive bombing us. Mm. Um, that's kind of how, you know, things roll in the country. This is, this is a native species, and I, I'm, I'm all for protecting native species and always have been consistently here on this show. But at the same time, this is not an endangered species. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of plovers around. <laughs> I mean, like there's a, like they can re- relocate the plover, right, safely? In a- they can. They can't relocate the eggs because the oh. plover won't follow the eggs. They've tried that in the past and that doesn't work. Oh. But so they're going to – okay, so, so I, want you, I want you to wrap your head around this for a moment. They're going to go to massive effort and expense – to save three plover eggs. That doesn't. Right? Now, I want you to okay. contrast that with yesterday's story where we talked about the abortion laws in Queensland, where in the first 30 weeks, 5,338 human beings were killed. Okay. <laughs> so we will go to a massive amount of effort to save yes. the life of three plovers. And these are, they're just eggs. Yes. You know, they're not juveniles. Yeah. They're not, they're not out of the eggs. Uh-huh. We'll go to a massive amount of effort to save three eggs of a very, very common species. Mm. You know, this, you know if it was endangered, yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's not an endangered species. It's a very, very common species. I mean, how much is this going to cost? What is the dollar figure that we're placing on these three baby plovers? Mm. 
And yet we celebrate the fact that we're taking human lives by the thousands. And we speak of it as being courageous. You know, when I see that kind of a contrast in our world right now, it tells me that our world is seriously messed up. When we place more value on plover eggs than we do on human beings. Hmm. It worries me. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, That's... It just it just bothers me. It just... Yeah. 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 All right. So, slightly different news. I'm just going to touch this one real, real quick. Doesn't have a whole lot of relevance to Christian radio. Um, let's go to uh, New Zealand. New Zealand now has a travel bubble with New South Wales and Northern Territory. No quarantine required if you are coming in from New Zealand to New South Wales or the Northern Territory. You got quarantine going the other way because we still have COVID and they don't. Okay. But because the country is COVID-free, no quarantine when you come in, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but I did say that we would talk about Samaritan's Purse. So Samaritan's Purse, uh, they operate, they're, they're a uh, charity. They were founded uh, about 50 years ago by Franklin Graham. So been around for a very, very long time. They're most famous for uh, Christmas boxes that they send out to kids all over the world, uh, underprivileged kids so that kids get something uh, at Christmas time. And uh, so that's that's what's happening there. But they have, uh, in the last few years, built a mobile hospital. And during COVID, they are they have um, been using this mobile hospital in a number of different places. They started in Cremona in Italy. They first set it up there. Um, in New York, they moved it to New York when New York got hit really, really hard and set up a 68-bed um, mobile hospital there. Now they've moved to Nassau, which is the capital of the Bahamas, because COVID is sweeping through the Bahamas right now. And basically, this is a field hospital uh, that is made of tents. Um, a lot of them, you know, air-filled pillars, those kind of things. So you just sort of roll out the canvas, start the air compressor, and it all just comes into being. Um, and Bahamas, the hospitals in Bahamas are way beyond capacity, so they've moved their field hospital there. So this is very, very significant. This is pretty cool. Um, they, were, they were in the Bahamas last year where they had a 40-bed field hospital after Hurricane Dorian went through. Wow. But this hospital has a full pharmacy, a laboratory, and an ICU unit. Oh, nice. So you just roll in, start up the air compressors, the air pumps, the thing just comes to life, what? pops up, the staff move in, and away you go. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they were in Alaska back in June. Um, back in 2016 was when they built it, and they built it for the Ecuadorian earthquake that took place down that, back down there in 2016. Then they moved it to Mosul in Iraq during the battle for Mosul. Uh, so they do a lot of good work. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the thing that I guess that disturbs me about this whole situation is that when they went to New York, and, and we can remember when COVID, the first wave of COVID went through New York and it went through like wildfire. Yeah. And you had so many people dying that they were building, that they were digging temporary graves in, in Grand Central Park. They had uh, bodies stored in freezer trucks, you know, on the side of the road, that kind of thing. It was, it, was, it was pretty nasty there for a little while in New York. And so Samaritan's Purse, like, yep, we'll go in there, we'll set up our, 
our uh, our hospital and we will relieve the hospitals that are there, provide as much relief as we can. We have this facility, let's use it. Uh, and they were for a few for a few weeks until they got kicked out. Oh, why? <laughs> okay, they got kicked out because uh, somebody found on their on the statement of belief of Franklin Graham's ministry a number of articles okay. that they believed. Yeah. Number eleven says we believe that marriage is exclusively the union of one gender, uh, male and sorry, one genetic male and one genetic female. Okay, so believe yes. in traditional the traditional Christian view, the biblical Christian view, yeah. view of marriage yeah. and gender. Uh, and because they believe in the traditional biblical Christian view of marriage and gender, they got booted out of New York. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, basically, the governor there was like, "Yeah, we would rather people die, yeah, than have somebody in our." Uh, you know, within our premises doing work that um, holds these kinds of beliefs. And they weren't turning people. They weren't no, being discriminatory. Like, they weren't discriminating. In this fact, is the thing. Christians, <laughs> this is what bothers me, Christians invented the concept of non-discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at Jesus who, you know, he reaches out to the Samaritan woman, he reaches out to the Phoenician woman, um, he reaches out and touches lepers, all this kind of stuff. The whole foundation of Christianity is non-discrimination. Mm. We invented that idea. Mm. If you study history, you'll find that the history of the world is incredibly violent yes. and unbelievably discriminating. Yeah. All the way through, and the whole idea of non-discrimination originates with Christianity. And what are they expecting? You know, like, oh, we're going to stand at the door and have a sin list. Let's see, have you committed this sin? Oh, this sin, or this sin, or no? Well, sorry, you've committed a sin, so we can't treat you. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. How disconnected are some of these people from reality? Mm. It just absolutely boggles the mind. I mean. Just try going to a church sometime and asking some questions. Just because you don't endorse something doesn't mean that you discriminate and you don't accept. There's a difference between acceptance and endorsement. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us on the phone this morning is a health director for our church for the North New South Wales region, Camilla Scaff. Camilla, welcome to the show. Good morning, Faith FM team and listeners. Now, Camilla, last time we chatted, which was about a month ago, we were talking about uh, you are what you think, more or less. And we were talking about IQ versus EQ, uh, intelligence quotient versus emotion. emotion, Is it motion? Emotional quotient? Yes. Yes, emotional quotient. (laughs) And this month we're going to do part two. Where do we start this discussion? Well, we left off last time on the influences of our emotions. And so a lot of us today already recognize and know how important the emotions are in our lives. Know your emotions, manage your emotions, recognize others' emotions. And we know how that much affects in the relationships, in the workplace. And it has been recognized as the most important factor for success and happiness. And since we are sharing here secrets on a monthly basis on how to be more successful and most importantly, happy, we wanted to touch upon what are the influences on these emotions that we are trying to manage on a daily basis. So last time we talked 
talked about three of them just mentioned, and we're going to deep dive into the most important one. Do you remember it by any chance? Any of the three that we talked about, Lyle? Oh, Camilla, you are stretching my <laughs> you are stretching my brain cells now. Um, That's you, right. You, you're going to have to help me out. You're going to have to help me out. <laughs> Well, we are in Mental Health Month this year. I mean, right now, 2020. So October is Mental Health Month. And so I do want to stretch your brain because one of the most important things, and we did talk about last time, for our emotions is actually to do more healthy activities. So learning something new, stretching your brain, really trying to learn things and um, put your brain to work like a muscle. But also we talked about eating a more plant-rich foods. Um, when we eat more plant-rich foods, we're actually helping to improve our mood and helping to produce positive feelings and thoughts. And this is for men and women, for everybody. Um, we might think, look, sometimes we spend money and time and a lot of things into improving our emotions, but I want to talk about simple things. So number one, yes, eating a more uh, plant-based rich diet. Number two, we talked about um, spending time outdoors. Now, have you heard about earthing? Earthing. Before? I'm not sure earthing. I've heard about earthing. I'm interested. So I'm is, keen. Let's hear about it. <laughs> so this has been a term that um, scientists are coming up with most recently because they're recognizing more and more that we have been designed to spend time barefoot uh, in nature. So just spending time um, earthing. So whether you're like in the garden planting flowers or you're just planting crops or uh, maybe a herb garden. Um, just kind of like touching the ground and barefoot walking, it's um, associated with contributing factor for um, just getting your heart um, in a better shape in terms of health, blood pressure, sugar controls, and so many things, including improving your mood and your emotions. I find that fascinating. One of the, uh, you know, some years ago, I travelled to a very, very remote community in the Solomon Islands who basically lived an entirely traditional life. There was basically mm -hmm. nothing artificial within the community at all, um, yeah. you know, including traditional dress and everything, which kind of wasn't a whole lot, I guess, tropical environment and all. But um, it was interesting to see that for the most part, these were people who only ate food that came out of the ground around where they lived. Uh, and they lived in a rural environment. They spent their entire time in nature, looking at nature. They wore, you know, bare feet. Well, they didn't, there was no such thing as shoes. And so <laughs> you would see them on the most sharp, stony ground you could imagine. We, we took a soccer ball up there and they're playing soccer. The kids are playing soccer and they're roaring around the, uh, you know, what was kind of like a bit of an open area. And, but this open area only had big, sharp, base course-sized rocks on it. And wow. they're just playing soccer on it in their bare feet. You know, these are feet that have never seen shoes in their entire life. And I guess they were just um, – their shoes had become a part of their they, – they, they'd grown their own shoes on the bottom of their feet. But <laughs> I would say it. this. These people were a picture of health. Yes. You know, they were ripped. They were fit. I'm sure they, they were, lived long <laughs> – 
Yes, yes, absolutely. So they, they were. They were, they were a picture of it. They had other health uh, issues like, you know, communicable diseases and so forth. But uh, as far as their lifestyle goes, it was pretty good, pretty decent. Yes, so there is enough evidence that Irving is a, I would say, natural remedy. It's accessible to uh, most and I w- if maybe to all people. So I would encourage you that are listening today to just try to get out there, get barefoot, walk in the beach or walk um, on your garden, outdoor, anywhere. Uh, we talked about the importance of having natural light, just spending time outdoors in case if you could not get barefoot, that's okay. Um, but just try to get out there to get some light. However, the third and most important influence on our emotions today is what we believe. We talked about that and that's how we ended last week. And I wanted to spend some time just getting you to reflect and ask you the question, what are your beliefs about yourself? How are you evaluating the events in your life currently? And what is your self-talk like? Is it something positive about you or about your life or it's negative? Because how we think about our problems or how we think about our life is the most important influencer into our emotions. So I would ask you, um, Lyle, and if you, you know, if you're a listener, just try to think of these. What shapes your emotions right now? What are you? Are your thoughts mostly positive or negative? And I do want to bring what the Bible says about um, these things, because actually when we think of what God tells about us, that should be the most important thing because he made us and he knows he shaped us. But basically the Bible brings a thought and the idea that by beholding, we become changed. And what we think about what we are, that plays a huge part into how we feel in our emotions and how that's going to dictate the success of our lives. Mm. Um, Yeah, so when we look at people like, for example, Saul in the Bible, and I would say you probably know the story of Saul. He was like a tall, handsome guy that was, you know, pretty much the first king of Israel. And he was chosen, but Later on in his life, he started magnifying things that were not important and actually minimized things that were truly significant. And that cognitive distortion got him to very bad places. So um, what are the things that you're thinking? If you're dwelling in the unfairness of life or if maybe we're just thinking that, you know, because people have rejected us, we're not good enough, we need to try to think again and try to um, renew and restore our thoughts into what God tells us about us and into what we really are. So we need to reframe our thoughts so that we're thinking, so, so the majority of our thinking is actually positive rather than negative. So when we, when we recognize that our thinking pattern is a negative thinking pattern, then we need to figure out how to turn it into a positive thinking pattern. That's right. And the Bible brings us so many different concepts. And I love that the Bible has 
these powerful, positive thoughts that can help us to start the day when you're just starting the day and meditating in God's words and promises. For example, Romans 12, 2, it says, be transformed by renewing of your mind. So exactly what you're saying, how do you renew your mind? And John 8, for example, um, chapter 8, verse 32, brings the idea that you shall know truth and the truth shall make you free. And remember, we talked recently about the importance of spending time in the Bible. And I believe that if we want to refocus and if we want to live the reality of divine truth in your life and focus on it, the biggest secret that we may find is that, yes, spending time outdoors, eating good foods and spending time doing good activities. But I think the biggest secret is to reframing our thoughts into that divine truth that God tells us about ourselves and reframing. When we look at situations as Saul did and we think that life is unfair and nothing is good, um, we can just be concentrating and magnifying those negative thoughts instead of thinking of the things that we are grateful for. And just for being alive, just for being listening right now, we that's a huge thing because that means that we have a purpose in life. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, you know when I just sort of just thinking through what you've been sharing there, the model that we have in the Bible, and we have this model from a number of individuals. One of them that uh, comes to mind is David. Another one that comes to mind is uh, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Both of whom started their day in prayer, and you know in in reading, and of course you know David. He was a writer as well, so he would um, you know, write songs and so forth. Well, both of them were writers, but um, yeah, but David is well known for the songs that he wrote. But mm-hmm. both of these people set us an example of starting their day with God. Yes. And so when it comes to reframing, I think that you know, when we wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, what are we, what, what's going to set the tone for our day? Uh, yes. Is, the, is, is the, the tone for our day going to be set by a whole bunch of negative thoughts or are we going to spend some time, you know, spending some time with God, reading some really positive material from the Bible uh, and, th- and spending some time just being thankful for all of the things that God has done for us? I think it's going to make a massive, massive difference to the way that we look at life and the way that we look at what's actually happening, you know, in the world around us. If we start from that positive perspective, I, I, I think you know that's going to affect our whole day from that point forward. That's right. And I actually wanted to finish by mentioning the story of Elijah, because a lot of us might experience some mild depression or deep depression even these days. And we might start feeling a bit guilty about it, because how can a Christian a believer, somebody who's seeking God and reading the Bible, feel depressed or get depression and Elijah was a faithful servant of God but he still fell into depression but guess what he's sick for God's help and he God gave him some tasks and if we look close into the test that God gave him um, in second Kings um, on chapter 2 we can see that God gave him 
similar things that we've been talking about, eating healthy foods, getting adequate rest, um, and just focusing on positive things and reframing his brain. But I wanted to remind one of the most powerful things that God asked him to do. And that had to do with living that reality of divine truth that I just talked about. Um, Just setting our minds on the things from above. Just like thinking about the second coming. The life that we live now might be unfair at times. It, it could be that you've just been experiencing unfairness and that you try to do your best, but things are still very crippled. But God invites us to focus on his second coming, that he will set things right. He wants us to believe and to think of the positive things. Because when he comes, all of this day of sorrow, suffering, disease, that will be over. And oppression and injustice will fade into the eternal past. If we can only focus on this positive future, it will help us to be more positive, hopeful, joyous. And all these thoughts will come and help to reframe our mind so that we can start a better day. Absolutely. Camilla Scaff, thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show this morning. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day and weekend. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.